sleeping so we're gonna keep it down for a minute you guys i was listening to rkl this morning listen to these lyrics there's really something crazy happening all across this land a feeling of toleration to what we can stand every day we accumulate a brand new disease yet even with all our own problems we still shit on our scene. They wrote this like in the 90s. Kind of feels a little appropriate, 2021. What do you think? Anyway, keep a grin. Think positive. Keep laughing, fuckers. We're doing things a little different this week and uh, connecting with Hamish Patterson somewhere out on Spaceship Earth. Real quickly... It's been a busy life, so I apologize, but I promise next week we will announce the Derby jacket winner, this jacket right here. If you haven't entered, it's so fucking easy. All you have to do is go onto your Instagram, make a post, and then include the hashtag, Talking Derby Schmidt. Right now we have like 25, 30 people that have done it. Let's spike that number up so Derby wants to do another giveaway with us. Come on, kids. Uh, also, we will be giving away the Blood Wizard skateboard next week. I didn't have time to go through all this stuff this week. Sorry, guys. I got to run because tomorrow is a special day. Uh, my mom, 52 years ago, did something for the first time. And uh, we've been celebrating it every year. And tomorrow we're going to celebrate again. It's kind of top secret, you know, a little personal. But uh just know that Judith Eileen Smith had a big day 52 years ago tomorrow. And uh, we continue to celebrate it with her. I'm so fortunate to have such a great mom. And I love you, mom. Um, thanks to all of you that listen every week. Big love. Now here's some friends that help support the show. And then away we go. Peace. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Born in Missoula. Missoula, Montana. Girls on Shred, Montana Skate Park Association. We've got good things going on up here. Born in Missoula on the hip strip, 618 South Higgins. Come check us out. Thanks for talking, Schmidt.
Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. I'm just waiting for our special guest right now, actually, kids. He's somewhere out there on a place called Spaceship Earth. Uh, pretty stoked right now. Oh, shit. I think uh, we might have a sighting. Whoa, this is the illusion. Reporting from somewhere on Spaceship Earth. I'm here talking Schmidt. It's cool, like tonight is the night. Here we go again. Just give it the old cars turn, isn't it? All big dogs in. Schmitty! 96 times, Schmitty. Thanks, Schmitty. We on? Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. That's called going to the hospital, bitch. I'd be shitting my pants. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. It's right. about the one, the one, the one. Who is this guy who thinks he's tough shit? What's up? We're tastemakers. Come on, Schmitty, what the fuck? Let's hear it for Greg Smith. Yeah! All right, here's how it went down. Recently, I was catching up with Chet Childress on the phone and he ended our conversation with, dude, you gotta get the illusion on your show. Well, after a DM or two went out, live from Spaceship Earth, here he is, kids. It's the illusion. Hamish Patterson, how are you doing? I'm doing well, I'm doing I'm doing well. I wanted to thank you for uh, the box of stuff you sent out to the fire. Dude, I was thinking that, yeah. Things are good? Yeah, it's it's been a, a blessing in disguise. It was, uh, you know, the universe works in mysterious ways. So it's been uh, it's been it's been actually a rad journey. OK, you're still in Malibu. I'm over. I'm over on the other side. I'm in Westlake now. Oh, OK, but it's general same area. Well, take care of business, dude. Hype up your shit. First of all, I'm taking some lessons out of your shit. <laughs> OK, um. You know, we're, we're here. You can follow my YouTube channel. It's uh, Hamish Patterson family and, um, you know, or type in bull cut maintenance guy and all the, all the appropriate links are down below. If you want, you want to join, join my, uh, my weird world. <laughs> join the journey. Uh, where, where were you born though? You were born on the East coast, right? I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a product of Boston. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. I, I visited a couple times, never lived there. Yeah. You were born there and then um, I really quickly moved out West, moved, moved out West. My folks were that, that classic, uh, you know, late sixties, early seventies migration to the West coast for, uh, for their own hippie ways. Well, where did they end up? We ended up in the Santa Cruz mountains. So I, I, you know, my dad was a, uh, was an ad man for like uh, tech companies. Uh-huh. So he was uh, he was down there in the, uh, you know, Silicon Valley doing his thing. And we were up on Loma Prieta. Loma Prieta. OK, I got a cabin in Boulder Creek. OK, OK. Yeah. So we, we were up on the summit up there. OK, rad, dude. No, that's crazy. And then is that where how long were you there? 
I I was uh, I grew up up in there till I was 16. And then uh, my my folks flipped the script and moved down here to uh, Southern California. Did you did you find surfing and, and skating in Santa Cruz or not? Till you yeah, got to- I, I started uh, I started surfing the hook. That's right. I learned to surf at the hook before there were stairs when you uh-huh. shimmy down the cliff. And, you know, if skating was interesting, I, it was strictly a, a transportation to get because I went down to Los Gatos High. So in order to get there, you had to catch like public transit up up on the top. So I had to, to basically go like five miles up and down hills to get there. So the skate was just strictly to start it out as strictly to get from A to B. And then uh, and then, you know, it all it all kicked in. So I, I cut my teeth at Derby. You did. Yeah. Yeah. OK. I was a Derby guy. And then these kids, uh, the Cry Brothers. I used to roll with this kid, Brian Volpe. Shout out. Brian <laughs> Volpe was the, was my skater buddy. And we would go. I learned to skate at, at Steve Cry's ramp. We did my first drop in. You always remember your first drop in on a ramp. It was it yeah. Steve Cry's? That's <laughs> rad. And you caught your first wave at the hook. Is that is that right? I actually I want to say it was at this at the uh, the cement ship down there. Oh, OK. You know where the big broken up uh, cement ship? I forget what it's called now, but the the cement ship that's 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 falling apart off down there in Aptos. Oh shit! Okay, my friend lives in Watsonville, right on the coast. So uh, Manresa's right there. Yeah, yeah. I used to I used to surf Manresa. Did the whole thing, man. It was uh, it it was it was a it was rad growing up up there for yeah. sure. It was a different time, man. I, I I was talking about it someone the other day. I mean, you, I used to walk through the woods for like five miles to go to a friend's house. Like no drama. Uh-huh. <laughs> no drama yeah. at all. Yeah, it was a little safer, huh? <laughs> I don't know if it was any safer. I think it was just a uh, different time, man. You can grind your manhood off. Of- you know, if you, if you look back at it, I think there was a lot of creepers and white bands back in those days, too. So what's up? That's uh, true. Yeah. You know, so, so you guys took it. Did you guys go straight to Malibu from there? I it was funny. I left. I went to summer camp that year. So I went to like this. I used to go to this military academy for the summers to ride horses. Uh-huh. So I left, I left San Jose International and I flew into LAX and boy, was I pissed. That was the worst thing I'd ever seen in my whole life. I was pretty bent about the whole thing. You know, I went from that whole, you know, Santa Cruz Mountains and, and wide open Los Gatos High to uh, culture shock to, to Malibu, California and traffic and madness and no trees and and a yeah. lockdown high school at, at Santa Monica High and. I was not pleased. Okay. But it was, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's like with the fires, it was a blessing in disguise. Huh? Yeah. Right. It's just part of the journey. That's what I've been kind of gravitating towards lately is like, dude, you got to suffer and you got to go through pain and you got to go through all these things to figure out, like if everything was easy and good, it would be so boring. Yeah. It, 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 it what, what do they say? Pain is the touchstone to spiritual growth, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's wild. The older we get, the wiser we get. It's just our bodies are a little sore. <laughs> Definitely a little sore. The, re- the recovery times a little bit longer. 
<laughs> Absolutely. When, how, how and when did you become the illusion? You know, it was uh, the, the universe put, put that on me. Like, I guess that was, it had to have been the end of 2010. Oh, really? Yeah. So, and it, it's like, it started completely randomly. Like I, uh, my, my butt, I was getting sober at the time. So I was about 10, 11 months sober. My buddy, Billy, I was working with died on a motorcycle drunk and oh, uh, I was pretty bummed. And my spiritual advisor was like, did you get the message? Did you get the message? Billy was sent to give you a message. And this dude was like the, the kindest, most loving dude ever. And uh, I'm pretty much a hermit and, and kind of like a, that guy. And it, I was like, what do I do? And, and I, you know, I didn't have a computer or anything at the time. And my, the universe, God, the universe, whatever told me to go get a computer. And I got, I got a laptop and that night I made the very first video and it uploaded right to YouTube. But I was super hyper aware that the person on the video wasn't actually me that you would watch. So that's where the whole illusion came from was like, uh, that it's not me you're watching. It's always going to be an illusion of me. So, right. It started day one, just out of, if you had told me I'd be here, if you had told me Chet Childress was going to recommend that, I mean, that is the, the highest compliment. Love that guy. Like a brother. I'd give him a kidney. Smear. He's a big fan. He's like, dude, once he did the first look for Thrasher, he should just do it every month. Proper way to spell out King of the Road with urine. It's interesting because it was all so random how it happened. You did that with Hammocky, right? No, that was oh. Joe circled around because that's I got in with Josh Peacock. Uh, and I met I met Joe with Gravette and and um Rayborn when we went skate the horse pool and did all that, but that was years into it. That was probably three years later. Okay. When, when that happened, but it was real weird because I because in in Malibu there's this kind of cult surf films called Run Man, mm -hmm. which are which kind of started you know um, Volkman sort of took that and made it an industry out of it. But they so I was making in the beginning was just homage skate videos slash surfing called the no balls no net stuff where i was because i would watch skate videos i just see feet and and bad music and i was like let me add commentary <sighs> and then and it got caught up in the high school the local malibu high kids picked it up and this kid logan who was hanging out with elijah burl shout out saw that first thrasher thing i did and got me down and that's it just that's where it all started but it all started with some with a couple of high school kids watching my stuff and okay is it kind of like uh what is it called science theater or whatever where they watch the movies and there's the silhouettes and they kind of talk over it no dude science theater i used to love that no <laughs> it was it was just i would make little I would just, I was when I was super active with like a video camera and stuff and I would just film stuff randomly. And then I just would kind of mash it all together and just do a voiceover. You just influence somebody. And you know, the whole no balls, no nets was just, this is dedicated to all activities that don't involve a ball or a net. I use that bad word. I learned that early on. Yeah. 
You want to stay out. You want to stay out of conflict. Stay away from balls and nets, man. See, oh yeah, it gets deep. Oh, see, people get crazy. <laughs> it was this funny thing. I used to hang out with this uh, this family all the time because I lived way up in the Malibu Hills, and they were down by the beach. And I would, and they had it. They would. They had it. Their mom was a big tennis player. They would always pressure me to like play tennis with them, and it was just this like shoot the ball at me thing and and i was like i eventually just realized like just say no i don't i don't do that and i don't because i don't i'm not that guy yeah i'm not that into it <laughs> so i i that so it just became my thing and it was like anything that's involved the ball seemed to always end up in some sort of weird whether it was pool or ping pong or Everyone has that moment where it's all fun and games and then what the endorphins get going and it's like, I got to win. And (laughs) it's like, dude, and like, ah, it's cool, man. I'm out. I operate on humor. Yeah. It's a, it's a competitive, uh, fucking, I don't know what it is, but it takes it over. I'm a baseball fan. I live two blocks from the ballpark and, uh, we just had the Dodgers Giants last night. It was the final game, like full house, 42,000 people. Dodgers hate Giants. Giants hate Dodgers. It's just insane energy. And you're like, it's over. We lost by one run. It was like so close. And you just walk out and you're just kind of like, Jesus you're trying to just control the hate love vibes because there's a lot of fucking emotion going on. You know what I mean? Sure. And it's just all, like you said, it's all, I'm not that like, I'm not like embarrassed, but I'm not that proud. Like, it's like, I get why people don't like it. And like, what are you doing? It's just a game you're watching, but it's just like, for me, it's sort of like a spirituality. Like I always say, it's like, dude, for three hours, I don't have to think about anything and I can just focus on this. And what I like about it is there's no, there's a winner and there's a loser and there's no like opinions. It's just true. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, like that, that team won. It's, it's, it's done. And nobody can say they didn't. We're living in a catfish age, homeboy. And like, in skateboarding, it's like that dude won. And you're like, no, he didn't. The judges said he did. But yeah. this is this is a game where there's like a score and there's a winner and a loser. You know what I mean? Uh, no, I know. I, I totally get it. Just the, that's it. The finality of it. It went to my event. I for, I got to check out and enjoy it. And now after La Vista, yeah. baby. Are you guys still, are you still playing at Candlestick? Candlestick's gone, right? Yeah, they dozed it. No, they're playing right by the fucking train station, like uh, Third and King. It's like south of Market. Oh, really? So it's it's like right it's in- on the water, like home runs go into the bay. Crawford hits one high. It's a deep. It is water. That's how far removed I am from the whole. Yeah. When was the last time you were in SF? I went up there to record the some chaos last fall, about a year ago. I went up that I went up there and recorded when that uh the uh that black kid got sucked got beat up by the uh by the Antifa dudes at that rally down at um across from Twitter headquarters. Yeah. Oh, you went you went to like up there you know last year was real interesting so i sort of (sighs) thing and was like you know i'm one of those like i there's nothing like going and seeing what's going on to sort of break the narrative so i went 
when all of it started, I went right down to Fairfax here and just live streamed the whole thing. And then that was an, a, dude, that was talk about how weird the world is. So I ended up getting arrested there and I was just videoing the thing, but I got pinched in Fuck. and I'm on, I'm in the, I'm in the police bus and all of a sudden these guys are like, Oh, this is the guy we're looking for. Yo illusion. And it was a bunch of dudes associated with, ah, what's the big big dis- distribution company up there. I'm bad with names. Um, Deluxe. Deluxe. It was one of the dudes who worked for Deluxe. The whole crew of skate, these dudes were in the back of the arrest bus with me, like, yo, illusion, <laughs> what make a video clip for us. And uh no way. It was a tri- it was a trip. And so I from there I went, I went in because you know, I, I lived in Portland for like five years. Oh, okay. Big, big Burnside lover, you know, that's my uh my uh, holy grail and or my Mecca, if you will. And I went, I went up there to to see what was going on. Cause Al, I'm busy, buddy. You can come in for a second, but I'm busy. And he's tap, tap, tapping at the door. Come in, Bird. Say hello, but we're we're doing our interview. Say hi. Hi. Hello, how are you? What do you need? Nothing. The problem with youth is it's wasted on the young. This thing's to touch the sharks to see if they're okay or not. Okay, good. Sharks need to be okay. Save the sharks. Yeah, for sure. But uh, so I went up to Portland to see what was going on because I I knew what was going on. And I went I went and infiltrated the black block thing for uh, three days and and filmed from behind the scenes and got a good lens of the hustle. It's always it's all hustle. Did you see some crazy shit like Jude Portland itself was a disaster. Like literally like a city under siege. I, so, you know, I'm pretty talkative. So I would go in and just, you know, talk to the kebab guy. And and everyone was like, dude, you can't say anything around here. Dude. I'll get my I'll get my stuff burned down or broken or it was pretty. And the whole entire the en- entire metro area, like the down by the city center was just mostly like, west side. Right. Yeah. On the west side, the whole that whole. And you got to understand, like my trip on is I was I moved up to Portland when the Burnside was getting going in the 90s. And it was a pretty rough city. It yeah. was still that sort of, you know, the whole northwest was still industrial. And, and it, yeah. there wasn't it wasn't all hipstered out. It was the big, you know, we were the first wave of the hipster kooks, dude, if you will. There's Mr. Osage. Yeah, shit's unchanged. Yeah. And so, you know, to watch and I would always go back and see what was going on. And, and you know, I, I love Portland, man. I really like tacos. Beautiful city. And and the thing that I always liked about it was the fact that it was super progressive. And then to watch watch that implode on itself. So I was like I needed to. I So I flew up there to just go see what was going on for myself. You know, I think at that point it would have been you know, under siege for like, you know, 70 days or so. Wow. And I was like, let me go see what's going on. Because when I was up there in the ni- early 90s, I was one of those kids in black, but we were all nonviolent pacifists. We were doing the tree hugger thing and, you know, nonviolent civil. Al, if you disturb me one more time, you're <laughs> grounded. Ooh. 
Yeah, he he scrambled. He scrambled. <laughs> no more Nintendo for a week. <laughs> no, we don't do any of that stuff here. No okay. screens, man. Oh, really? Yeah, we don't have any televisions or anything like that. Oh my goodness. Okay. Books. No, it, the punishment is you don't get to be educated today. I have two eighth grade diplomas. <laughs> Damn, that's <laughs> rad. See, dude, I'll take I'll take his math from him. <laughs> and he'll be sad about it. That's what's even more amazing. Yeah, no, it's it's a trip when you go hands on like that. And so I, I, I went up there to skate and see what was going on. And, you know, I uh, the entire city was destroyed. I have crazy footage, like every building. It was ghost town. It was Mad Max. It was like beyond Thunderdome, Escape from Portland. And okay. uh, I went and, and I fully just got all in black and got in the thing and, and, and videotaped it all and, and tripped, listened. I listened and it was, it's the biggest con job ever. <sighs> I, well, that's what I was sort of joking is, is, is if Coachella had been going on and the, and the bars had been open, none of that would have been going on. It was, that's who it was. It was, it was micro brew drinking, Semi middle class white kids who would be, you know, taking DMT at, at Coachella. And what do you do? Do you put do you put that on to YouTube? Like, what do you do with the footage? Is it do you I just, just archive would, it or do you use it live? I like there was a point oh, it's of, live. Yeah, I was live streaming it. There was and that was I was sort of right there when that whole thing kind of kicked off. Like all those riot live streamer guys that were moving all over the country at the you know, in Wisconsin, like they, I saw all those dudes starting their, like, cause I was doing it down in Fairfax, just live streaming it. And again, I don't really have an agenda. I'm just more like it's history in the making, like what is going on? Right. And, uh, let's see it firsthand. Cause the whole country was locked down. Yeah. It, it wasn't like it was, you know, and, and, and the L.A. riots, you know, I was here for that. It's like, you know, the country was still mobile. Right. <laughs> you know, everyone was no one knew what was going on. So I, I was uh, I felt it was my duty with my platform just to go record history and and kind of put a lens on it and not, you know, I make fun of it all because it's all kind of ridiculous on a certain level nowadays i operate on humor you have to operate with humor like you got to make fun of everything and that's what i always tell my wife is i'm like you know what nobody is safe whatever's in front of you you make fun of it and then all of a sudden we can't make fun of certain things and it's like <gasps> i don't know i i've sort of take I, like i'm not backing down about any of it like at a certain point once i saw what was going on I was like, all right, dude, like I'm not once I was like, that's what I was saying. Like I was in this thing live streaming and there was a certain point where I was watching these dudes get beat up in the middle of it and what was going on and the like the, the weird, the weirdness of it all, where I was like, dude, if any of these people figure out like are catching this stream, because I'm pretty I'm making fun of it at the same time as I'm recording it, uh -huh. I can I'm like on my own. Like nobody knew what I was doing. I was, you know, I didn't tell anyone I was going. I was all of a sudden the camera flipped on and I'm in the middle of this brutality on Burnside and at the police station there. And, and, oh. you know, I was like, you know, the, you know, that was that, that was like the third day into it. I was like, if anyone's picking up that this is going on, like they could track easily track me down and, 
But, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever, dude. Don't, don't, don't let them, don't let them, don't show weakness, right? Yeah. We'll talk about a little bit about the earlier days. Like, y- you were partying a lot and stuff when you were in Malibu, and then you found sobriety basically or like how'd that yeah, all go down? I mean, you know, I was your stand. I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. My, you know, I standard, just chaos kid, you know, doing, doing the lots of, you know, I was a super stony guy, like experimenting whole, with life. Right. Yeah. And then, and then it gave me a freedom to do my thing. I mean, in my, in the, in the nineties, like, so, you know, I was, I remember moving up to San Francisco and I was part of this freedom farmer community. Like oh, this was in, so this must've been 89, 90. I'm living up on hate and Ashbury on, at six something Ashbury. No way. How yeah, rad. yeah. And we're growing, <laughs> we're growing all this weed in our, in our part, our whole apartment's like a weed grow. This guy's got bud. And uh, we were doing it with a bunch of other households up there we were this loosely affiliated we called our freedom farmers and you know our, my whole life was dedicated to the chaos it was you know what it was it was when bill i was up there when bill graham died and the otis spunkmeyer plane flew over dropping the roses out and all that stuff and oh it was but but what was cool was i was right there with the, when the emb was going hot like i remember skating down hate street for the very first time i rode like a two-nosed popsicle i remember it like because i remember i was like that's thing is lame too lame <laughs> and then my buddy my buddy i was living with got a new one so he gave me the old one i remembered skating down hate and doing my first nollie and being like that was it and i'll <laughs> never forget right around where the free clinic was like oh, shit. Just, life changed and and so we were like you know that was back that whole mentality was like the greatest the greatest snowboard mountain on earth was san francisco kind of in the in the early 90s but you know it was like we uh, do a little bus pass thing and just skate and no, find the, runs and the the olympic skier brought snow to the hill and they built a jump and he fucking bombed the hill in the snow I forget the guy that got busted for smoking weed. He was like a U.S. skier guy. Yeah, oh. it's, the, it's all like, of course. So, yeah. So, you know, I was doing the whole thing. And then I, you know, college, I ended up, you know, being one of those renegades. And then at some point I published this book and I was running amok, you know, selling them, doing drugs and, blah, and this and that. And then it just all collapsed. It, it all collapsed. And then it just became alcoholism on full tilt boogie for like a decade. till I found myself like sitting on top of this mountain overlooking an abandoned pool, just like, this is crazy. And then I got sober. That was uh, like almost 12 years ago. Wow. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a miracle, man. Like, did so- something specific happen? Did someone die or did, like, did you hit rock bottom as they say somehow, or I was so angry because like I was 39 turning 40, right? I was like 39 and I was like, I missed it. Like if you talk to the dude who was there at 39, I'd missed it. 
Like I was sitting up on the top of this hill I, I, where I was a carpenter. I worked, did the whole thing, angry at the world. I, I, I wasn't that into surfing. It's too crowded. You know, I had all my boards and I would, I was, these people at this house had burned down. There's this, the voodoo bowl up there. And I knew the property owner and he was like, look, dude, you just keep the skate riffraff out of there and you can lock the gate. And I would just sit up there miserable, like skating by myself. But it was pretty trippy. There's like a video Lance Mountain and stuff. I got him up there and, and I was skating with 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 Curran, Caples and stuff. And and there, like I had this because there was the Etnies Bowl was down below. So I had this little weird world I was living in, but I was just isolated alone and miserable man at, at 39 going i missed it dude all my bros had kids and this and that and i got nothing except my broken down car and my skateboard and just i asked god for help man you know and and sure enough like three days later help arrived as this guy joe shaughnessy and david brune in front of a liquor store they parked sideways and i hassled them <laughs> And they just opened up a sober living and didn't have any clients. And they're like, no way. Yeah. Like, they're like, what are you going to do with the bag of beer? And I, and I threw it in a trash can. I go, I'm done. And they're like, get in the car. And you got to understand, I was not that dude. <laughs> like to get in a car with a bunch of weirdos. Like I was uh-huh. so, I used to call myself Hiroshima Nagasaki. <laughs> So if you bumped, if I bumped into you, whatever, if you got past the scowl and the, and the downturn head and the bad vibes, and you actually got through that to be like, so what's your name? I'd be like, I'm Hiroshima Nagasaki. And people would like get it and then just be so baffled by like what I was like, because I wasn't like, hey, I was like, right. get it? like, leave me alone, dude. That, that was my life. My, you know, I wanted to be rescued, but at the same time I was like, leave me alone. Okay. And but, uh, but just, maybe you were looking for it a little bit more than normal at that day that like you got in the car, like, was it kind of like all the stars were aligned? Normally you wouldn't have done that, but for some reason you did. Well, they talk about it in the thing is like, I had a moment of clarity, like uh, I hassled. So these dudes parked crooked in front of the liquor store. Uh, and I was, it was the liquor store I started drinking at when I was first moved down. I've made friends with the guy, the kids who ran the liquor store at the bottom of my old hill, right? And As so we do. Yeah, full <laughs> circle, right? Yeah, like all the bartenders are my friends now because I need a free drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's it creates its own life inside of these guys parked crooked, and there's there's no parking at this little place. And I rolled up all hammered and I'm like, who do you think you guys are parking crooked? Like, don't you see the line? I so I hassled this dude. And the one, the one dude bolted in to get, get milk for his coffee the next morning. <laughs> and the other dude, there was this punched up old hockey player, like the last dude you would want to like hassle. But I was in that, I was crazy. So I used to, I could, I'm not a blackout drinker. Like I was, so I used to go like, like find like the crate, the biggest, craziest person and start shit with them at bars and stuff, hoping they would knock me out, dude. Like, uh, and they, they would generally be like, I don't want anything to do with you. Like, what's your problem, dude? Like, I ain't socking you. Like, there's something wrong with you. Like, and I'm like, no, dude, like do it, <laughs> do it. And, uh, 
So I got up in this dude's face, like about like, do you, I had a, bro, a cigarette and I'm like, do you need a smoke? And I was like, give me a light. And I got like right in there to get the light. And I looked in this dude's eyes and God was looking right back at me. And I go, you're one of those sober dudes, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, what of it? And I go, you're supposed to help me. And he's like, look, dude, here's my number, my card. Call, go home, call me tomorrow. I'll, I'll help you out. And I go, no, no, seriously, like, you're supposed to help me. I know you're a sober guy, right? He's like, yeah. And I go, dude, you're supposed to help me. And he's like, dude, look, just go home, drink your beer. Just, just go home, drink your beer. Everything will be fine. Call me, take that number, call me tomorrow. And I was leaving and now I was pissed. And I turned around and I go, dude, you're supposed to help me. And he's like, all right. What are you going to do with that bag full of beer? And I was threw it in the trash can. I go, I'm done. And he's like, get in the car. And they, and they, the next morning I woke up in this trippy house on top of the hill. And I was like, it all started there. Like, wow. Yeah. Like I got lucky. And, and in the journey I've seen, I've seen everybody with money fail. Like I was the dude, I didn't have any, I had a, I would, you know, work in construction and had nothing but I didn't want to go back up into that miserable Hiroshima Nagasaki place. And, uh, you know, I watched, I watched people with resources you wouldn't believe just blow it and go back out and die and all that stuff. And somehow me and this kid, Matt, who's up there in the Bay area, are the only two that made it through the sober living sober. I ended up running the place eventually. Really? Yeah. And then, uh, that's cool. Then YouTube started and, and so secretly underneath the YouTube was the whole thing was to be of service to my friend, Billy. So like this platform, it's done a lot for me. It's got a lot of people sober. You know, I talk about it way more than I ever used to because, you know, COVID kind of made it a necessary thing for me to go real public with it. Right. People are suffering and suicidal. And like, I know, I know more, I know more people that have died than from that than than the other thing like killed OD'd and killed themselves and stuff like oh no fentanyl took out people like it was like dropping and i'm like when are people gonna realize you can't just go buy speed or coke anymore like you have to know what's in this shit like fentanyl is real it's killing people and, and the and the isolation man so i i so it's been a, it's been a real, it's been a real journey. I mean, that's what I try to tell people. If you talk to me at, at 39 Hiroshima, Nagasaki coming up on 40, like I missed life. Life is over. You talk to a dude who's 52 now, dude, life has gotten nothing but exponentially better since I stopped adding things to make me better. You know what I mean? Like when I learned to take it on the chin, like a, like a warrior, it was like, life got better, dude. I mean, it ain't easy, but. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. I, I stopped drinking about 45, um, a lot because I couldn't handle it anymore. Like anxiety started taking over. Like the, uh, hangovers were super. Once I hit 40, I lost my eyesight and hangovers were unbearable like it was weird within one year i saw movies that i i thought were comedies that later i realized were horror stories that were real because you're like that shit ain't real and then you live through it and you're like oh what the fuck people hide alcohol why i I thought we were all drinking together like that kind of shit right i feel like on paper i'm boring now because i'm not doing all that crazy shit but internally, I feel like be- like I get up out of bed at 6 a.m. and go get coffee and I'm ready to go. I'm I'm like enjoying shit. And like 
I don't know, like what you said, like t- take some bruises here and there, but like my focus is so much better and my enjoyment for really good times is like, I remember it and really enjoy it and that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. It, it, well, I kind of talk about it a, a little on my thing is like, you know, the blessing of it all is like when it sucks, I can let it suck. I, I think that's the gift is like when it's, it's, when it's really bad, like I know that it, it's going to be okay. Like I lived permanently faking myself out when it sucked and uh, knowing it sucked. And now I just go, okay. Like when the fire happened and all my stuff burned down and my wife's like, I'm leaving you. And I'm just sitting there with my boy and, and I go, okay, like I, I what am I going to do here? I can, I can start pointing fingers and blaming fire departments and, and my wife and this and that, and man, God hates me and all that. Or I, I went the other, I go, I've, I was eight years sober, nine years sober. And I go, all right, this is all going to work out, man. And I had my little boy and I didn't trip on her. I didn't trip. I just went and I go, the one thing I can do is work on myself right now. So I went and did a bunch of like work and then, you know, healed the marriage and rad. Yeah, man. It's like, but that was all just a gift of like the pain of sobriety, early sobriety. Like I was like, all right, like, I know that that you if you show up on the daily and and kind of work through it incrementally like big things you'll move big rocks if you can let just stay out of the way and so you know I look at that like I remember standing there with my boy like 10 days after the fire my wife's like dude I'm out <laughs> I'm like wow dude like Fuck. my community my entire community's burned down my house is gone. All my stuff's gone. I got my truck and I got the generosity of all the people that supported me. A skate community came through huge on that GoFundMe. And, and I, and, and so I stood there and I was like, okay, like, what are we going to do? And I go, my number one job is to, to be a dad right now, like be a warrior. And I warrored up and I just put my head down and I did the work and sucked up the it was painful and ah, it was gnarly dude and at some point like i look i'm sitting right out here out of our little house over here that we rent and like you know the wife's we're all good dude like you know it's hard it's not easy but like this the the lunatic before never would have even gotten far enough to have that experience i would have been so bitter and angry and like yeah yeah and the depressant of it just makes you more bitter and angry it's like that's what people understand is like oh i'll drink it away it's like no you're just gonna add fuel to the fire add more problems and not fit you know i i think the thing i've learned is it's i the it's always me i'm like it can be everything else but it's me i'm the one who like who has to be healed and take responsibility for myself like no one's no one can fix me but but my ability to have my relationship with the my higher power you know and yeah i see the i see the work constantly well without getting too deep into the whole alcoholism and all that stuff but like the million dollar question i think is is there something that you can tell people that is like something that 
I'm struggling. I've tried. I've gone to fucking four rehabs. I just can't get out of it. My life sucks. I'm not like that. You don't know how hard it is. All those excuses. What can you tell that person that's like, I mean, the the one I always hear is you have to want it. The person has to want it. Well, how do you get that person to want it? You know, that's you can't. Yeah, it's that's the that's the rub. Like I like so the guy so the guy who was standing in front of the liquor store and asked those dudes for help. I was I was done. I just wanted something different. Mm. And, and it and it and it wasn't easy. And I didn't know what I was getting into. And. I can't sell promises and no one saw the guy, the, the hockey player I was with was just like bare knuckles about the thing, like super deep spiritual guy, but no blowing smoke up my ass. Being, oh, dude, you're going to get a kid one day. <laughs> <laughs> so I, the one thing I would say, just look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself who's looking back at you. The hardest thing you'll ever do in your life is to look at yourself in the mirror and go, who is that? Uh-huh. Who is that? And and the next question, if you can't look at yourself and know who it is, is ask for help. It's it's a simple like I talk about it a lot. It's it's four letters. Help. Just ask for help and be willing to accept the help. But, but that's the rub, right? Most people say they want help. And then you go, well, this is the help. And they're like, well, it's it's that's on Wednesday. And on Wednesday, I go to the gym and like, man, the excuse books come out. Oh, dude, <laughs> I didn't have any excuses left, man. Okay. You know, I was, I was like, what do you got, dude? Yeah. I don't got nothing. What was a highlight for you of the partying times in Malibu? Did you ever fucking drink beer with Tom Petty or anything like epic, like fucking yoga with Gaga or something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I got a dark, you want a dark story? Yeah. Dark celebrity story. Yeah. A bunch of them. So, (laughs) so when Owen Wilson, sorry, Owen, but I'm blowing you up, dude. You'll remember (laughs) if you're out there listening, I owe you an amends for this buddy. But uh, so he used, I was in the colony. I used to hang out in the colony, which is like the exclusive little beach enclave on the thing. And, and he used to, when he was coming up big, like he kind of looks like me to a certain degree. And, yeah. Yeah. You know? And so people, he used to ride around and people would be like, you look like, Oh, and I go, no, 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 this is my town. That dude's new here. He looks like me. Right. And so like, I had this thing going and he'd just gotten through the, ah, uh, he'd just gotten through that whole like suicide attempt thing. And, the whole deal, we were off drinking one night and he was at the bar. I fully went up and did something super shameful about that, like in, in the darkest of ways and sort of like blew the dude's mind. Like I even right talking about it now, I'm like kind of black, like don't really remember exactly what I did. But I remember the dude looking at me so horrified. <laughs> And being like, and just getting up and leaving and just being, and all, and it was like, my boys all put me up to it. And, you know, the dude was jacked up at the time. And it was, you know, I was like, celebrity wasn't like something we like, like, I have a better one. So I'm at the, at the white man can't jump. We, me and my buddy snuck into the white man can't jump rap party. And I'm, (laughs) I'm, 
they're, everyone's gone. I'm partying by myself. I'm hammered. I've been dancing with everybody. You know, it was like a, a black thing. So I was I was in the zone <laughs> and I was entertaining. I was entertaining in the kitchen of this mansion up down at the colony. And I'm entertaining it. And I got the bridge open and I'm and I'm pulling out like this giant, like I like, it's like my house, right? I'm pulling out this and I'm entertaining, right? So I pull out this giant sushi tray, like platter, but it's all wrapped up and it's to go. And I, I pull around and I turn and Woody Harrelson's right there, dude. Oh shit. Like, Hey, <laughs> and I look right at him, but you have to understand, like, there's this mentality, like we don't care. Like I was like, you want to eat? And he just turns around and leaves. And I never saw him again in my life. But then I just went back to what I was doing. But that was sort of, that's sort of the celebrity thing is like, they don't, they don't care. Uh, just peep there. There there's people, man. Yeah. They just want, they just want their space. Like we all do. Right. They, that used to be the mentality when I, in the nineties, like early on at sometime in the, in the late nineties, it changed. They don't want that anymore. They want to be like Malibu used to be like, they used to like, it used to be sort of a blue collar community. Oh, the celebrities would hide out to put their jeans on and get their wet dogs and go play Frisbee at the beach with the locals. Uh-huh. Right. And not be celebrities. That was the thing. And then, it shifted into this thing, this monster. come with uh, social media, like, yeah, it's, it's some popularity with the followers, likes all that stuff. Yeah. The nine Oh two, six, five, I live in Malibu thing and blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. And, and the whole thing, it didn't used to, it was all about not being that once upon a time. Uh, when I was it- young, it was, you know, you used to go hang out with Larry Hagman down at the beach. And he was just, that was just some dude named Larry Hagman, dude, building sandcastles, you know? See that? I love that shit. I don't know. I'm a sucker for that. I, like if it's me and Larry Hagman, I might have to fucking get a beer if, if that's the only way it happens. <laughs> like, let's just do it for one drink. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, no, but I mean, that's, that's the weird thing is like it, because it was sort of like in the culture, it was it was sort of regular. Like that's what made it sort of special was like it, they were felt safe enough to hang out with you. Right. Nowadays they're all locked in, in, in their castles, like afraid dude, like is someone going to come snap a $10,000 picture of me or what? Like, like Oprah uh, bought like 20 houses that are all together to have her co- like her compound or something. It's like, I saw the, like the royal family interview there, and I'm just like, "How is this a whole city? Like, what the? Fuck? Yeah, it's gotten a little, but you know that. I mean, I think that's one of the beauties of of this whole last couple of years is celebrities dead. Like, it's yeah. gone, but nobody right. cares anymore. Like, like everyone saw what they everyone had enough of. They're like, "Hey, I'm I'm cooking brisket and." Uh, <laughs> Look at me with all my yogurt and stuff. And people are like, dude, I'm stuck in some apartment somewhere. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? Right. Like, no, like mm. I'm terrified. What are you do? What are you doing, dude? There's no toilet paper. <laughs> what about uh, Westlake is uh, much better. Like what, what are you stoked about? Like what, did, what opened your eyes that you didn't know that like, oh shit. Like I didn't, I came here and then this happened. I was like, whoa, didn't expect that. That's rad. Something like that. You know, we, we moved in here like, cause the fire burned us down and then it was, we got the, so we got the, our lives back together with the wife did the work and we're like, okay, like I have a stepdaughter is like 16. 
Mm. And we were like, all right, well, where are we going to go? We need to get her into, 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 into high school and normalize. And so we're like, let's move to Westlake so Al can ride his. But you can't ride your bike on the street in Malibu. There's nowhere. There's that's not a kid friendly community. Mm-hmm. So we kind of picked here. And it was it was I've spent my entire life up till two years ago fighting suburbia like fighting it. Like I'm not participating in that Yeah, living in mountains, living in extreme places, living off the grid, the whole thing. And then I, I was like, this is like an original neighborhood from like 68 or like the first it's called first neighborhood. Uh It is so tranquilo and like mellow and like, like, it's like this throwback to what may have or may not have been the American dream. There's like parks and green paths woven through the neighborhood. There's a school right down the street that we'll never use and all of this kind of stuff. But it, it's like, it's the, it's, I don't, maybe I'm older. I don't know, but it's like the, it's normal. If that makes any sense, it's, it's such an extreme, the thing that I thought was so rebellious turned out to be so status quo, mm. you know, and, and I realized that the most rebellious thing you can really do is just go be a like stand up family man to your kids and your wife and work through just that and not be about me, you know? And so it's, it's been a, it's been a gift, but I'm in LA County, man. We're out of here, dude. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not. It's California's gone crazy. Like, oh, you're out of the whole state. Yeah, the, the, the way it's going is that I don't want to be around it, man. But where can you go? Well, we're about getting in. We're getting in the mountains. I don't see this this whole thing kind of staying lasting. It's people. It, it's something. It's been a tipping point. Like I study it. My whole. I've been like I'm pretty. Like I've run for city council a couple times. I'm pretty plugged into. The, the skeleton of the system, if you will. And, and something's broken inside of the, the mainframe of it. And, and I, I just, I just don't see how we can, people don't want to work together anymore. Like, right. I, you know, like I just did an interview yesterday with the, with the, with the PE teacher who's been fired because he doesn't want to be coerced into his thing. And he's like, he's a black dude. And he's like got a family and a whole thing. And he's, they, they don't want, they won't hire him and people are actually celebrating it like oh this is like he no he, and i'm like wait a minute dude like this dude's like legit like came up from the south educated himself beautiful human beings educating our children knows all about health and sports fitness and all this stuff and you guys are celebrating his demise and i, I don't want to be around that energy like it's it's really got it's really become something sort of everything that it if my folks moved out here in the 60s right to give me a better life or you know in the early 70s right the golden dream the golden state the whole thing it was all about this inclusive liberal we take care of each other we we accept each other's differences we we're, we're all unique everybody gets to have their freak flag let it fly and in harmony kind of thing. And, and to watch it go backwards, I'm like, Whoa, dude, like to have people label me in weird ways now. And like, look, I live in Jim Crow, Los Angeles County. I'm not, I am a, 
fully functioning dude who's conscious of his health, sober dude, doesn't have TVs in his wall, on his walls, grows a garden and it took, took all the bushes out of his backyard to grow a garden so that we could be healthier, takes all the stuff, drinks, hydrates, exercises. You mean I can't go into a restaurant right now without showing my paperwork and people think that's cool, regardless of where you're at with why you need the paperwork. I don't care. But to, to be told that I'm not welcome, uh, I'm a I'm a got a lot of pretty loose lifestyle. But the dude I interviewed yesterday, dude, that dude's that's not right, man. And so if that's the California way now, like I'm out, man. But do you do we think it's the California way? Like, do you well, think it's not that way? Like, let's say in Oregon, like, where would you go? Washington, Oregon. You got it. Yeah, it's, it's you got to be oh, on I, the coast, right? But you can't go inland like Kansas City. No, I you know, you know, the Rocky Mountains are seeming nice. Montana, Idaho, somewhere like that where it's, I need the ocean by me. Me, dude, like that's what I was talking to the kid <laughs> the other day. He's like, I'm like, look, he was like, well, I don't know. What to, I go, dude, I'm going to give up surfing about this stuff. I'm tur- I'm going to turn in my surfboards yeah. on this deal because like there's something bigger going on. And, and like yeah. I said, it's not the California way that something's happened here where where what was the California way has been eclipsed by. Well, it all goes down to shout Freud. You know what that is? It's the German word for um, taking pleasure in other people's misery. It's like people love to celebrate other people's failure. And I think like in our community, it comes from we used to always call it the bitter harvest because it's the jealous dude that's sitting at home saying it should have been me. Mm -hmm. Well, you're sitting at home talking about it instead of doing it. You, you got to do it. And if you're not doing it, do it or fucking shut up is kind of like the way. And like, ah, ha, 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 like, look what happened to Justin Bieber or whatever. It's like that dude's not in your world. Why are you so apt to talk shit on these people that you don't even know? Like, I don't really understand. I got to wait. It's funny. I got a Justin Bieber. So I was walking. <laughs> Up on the mountain when I lit this, I used to push Al in the stroller and walk up on our mountain. Uh-huh. And the paparazzi were chasing Justin. He was looking for a place up there to, to, he was going up there and the paparazzi were following him and he pulled up onto me and he's like, hey, what's going on? And we had this great conversation in the middle of nowhere. And, and I didn't know who he was. I was like, but we had, it's funny. It was a Justin Bieber moment where I'm like, that dude's all right. Uh-huh. But no, it's the crab in the crab in the pot mentality. And, and I mean, like, and I'm not talking smack from a do nothing perspective either of like, like I literally go down to these city council meetings and like, and you know, we had a big meeting the other day. There's all these scared parents right now. It's like, I don't, do you have children? No, we don't. Yeah. It's a different thing. If you got kids right now, I like, I, I went can't to imagine this, this meeting the other day. And there was like 70 parents who were like, dude, like, what is going, like, what do we do? Like, I, this is not cool. And I'm like, you know, like, so I, I'm, you know, I'm in, in it to win it, but I think on a certain level is like, I do have to like 
get to some like I'm worried the water situation here is falling apart, man. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I live in a we live in a desert down here. Yeah. You know, and it, there's just something's off here. Like there's just the, the level of anger. That's that's what you said. The schadenfreude, if you will, is is very I don't want to be around. I'm a believer. Yeah. I, I've come too far in my life of being Hiroshima. Nag- the angriest dude <laughs> in the world I ever knew was me. Right. And I, so I spent my whole life trying not to do that. And like, I don't want to be around people that are being forced to be afraid. I don't want people to be afraid and forced to be afraid. And like, Mm. you know, I want to, I want to grow food and, and, and I don't, I don't want to participate in the corporate war machine. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I'm a skateboarder. Like I want to, I want to build, I want to, I want to ride. I don't want, I don't want to bring my, my, I don't want to bring my child up in a segregated community. It's very weird down here. Cause yeah. I live on a County line, hmm. like two blocks over that way is Ventura County. It's night and day. Oh, okay. What's going on uh, night and day. Like literally you walk over two two blocks that way. Like I don't need any paperwork to go into a restaurant. Interesting. Yeah. It's very creepy it's that's that's how it is up here like the further east you go the more relaxed it is but it's also kind of makes sense because there's less people like san francisco's got like millions of people and we're all like this so for something that's like this pandemic thing that you don't want to be close to each other makes sense whereas if you're out in the country with space like you don't need to be as masky and all that stuff but every time i leave the area i kind of encounter people that are like dude san francisco looks crazy how are you dealing i'm like it, it it's gnarly but isn't the whole world gnarly <laughs> like, well, what, well that's interesting because like san, like i haven't i've lived in san francisco it's always been a hub city of mine like it's it was always crazy like yeah that's the thing but i think on, on that sort of level as a dude who's pretty in tune with politics and social movements and, and supply chain issues. I don't, I don't see how we, we can sustain these cities anymore. Like we do need to like really get conscious of, and I'm not even into the whole like gloom and doom global warming thing. I just mean on a strictly like human level is like, there's this weird thing going on where it's like, no, we need to be like tearing up the concrete and planting apple trees or whatever, like, and, and getting spiritually healthy mm. uh, and no leaders are doing it. I, I that, That's what I mean about the California dream. It would be one thing if the leaders of this state had gone, look, dude, you know, these a-holes in, in Washington, a bunch of scumbags and you know, these red people and this and that. So we're California. What we're going to do is this. We are going to become the healthiest, most robust agricultural community building place on the planet right now. I want everybody to go out and begin to grow some food in their windowsill. Everyone needs to take their health seriously. Everyone's we got we got this health issue. So let's get healthy. The people that are going to suffer the most are these disadvantaged communities. They are not serviced by supermarkets with organic food. They're undereducated parents. Like, so as a dude like me, who's got a little bit of leadway in my life, I sit here and go, how are we not connecting with these parents in the other part of the city 
that have children that need help right now, like to educate and, and bring our, I'm a big believer in, in, in nutrition is, is the, if you want to talk about socioeconomic issues, that's where you start. Like mm. people need nutrition, which will heal their brains, which will heal their, their anger and energy levels, which will make them able to be calm in school, calm in the home. And then they'll, they'll be together in a calmer space, which will build families and, and this thing. But I think that it starts with like nutrition and, and, you know, I, I don't, that, that's like, I, it's, that's where I get with this thing. I, I want to be somewhere where if no one else wants to join me, I want to grow, go where people are growing food and communities and, and right. Trying to steward the land a little. And under these weird times, it almost gives you that like fight or flight mentality where you're like, I need to know how to take care of myself. I need to be able to fucking grow some shit that I can eat. Like I need to be able to do like go to the river, catch a fish or whatever I need to do to survive. Like I can't rely on Amazon and Safeway or whoever, like maybe like there's all this doubt and all the way things are happening to a way that you're almost like taught, like, well, you better know how to protect yourself and you better know how to survive, uh, you know, getting food and figuring all that out. Well, it's, it's interesting. Like this, like, like this, like I, you know, I used to grow like my my little garden up there for owl to give them strawberries and stuff. And, mm. you know, I've, I've been always I've been very consistent with my adult. Even when I was the angry guy, I was still like, ah, like about the, the the machine, if you will. I think that's yeah. why I lost my mind, really, was yeah. was fighting that fight with no solution. Like, I, I, I guess I used to live in the problem. You know, and alcoholism. And then I got to the side where I go, no, it's it's all about solution. What can I do to better myself, to better my community? But it starts it with my family. If I can't keep my family together, how am I going to go tell anybody else what to do or suggest anything? That you know. Too. Yep. And so, like this year, instead of you know, like I I ripped out all the bushes and started planting food, and you you realize how radical that act is to grow your own food but you also realize how you just could not grow enough uh-huh. like and and how like i had i was growing a bunch of stuff and my one day i woke up and my like some grasshoppers ate all my tomato bushes like gone so you realize that like these farmers and these things that are far off man how, we just take them for granted have you heard the the truckitarian thing uh-uh so, you know, how there's vegetarians, which just, you know, and then there's there's vegans and then yeah. there's Episcopatarians that eat only fish. And then there's just, you know, tr- we're all truckitarians, meaning that we rely on all of our food from trucks. Uh, so all of our food comes from these places. And then you get like how hard it is to grow enough diverse food in your own backyard but if everybody in my like I look, I look at my my neighborhood here, it's pretty green. Love we all have water. Dude, if everybody was growing a little bit of something, we could be feeding mm. all these people that are nutritionally deficient in this in the city that aren't aren't there yet. And and mm. I'm a hippie, dude. It's in your DNA. What I did on that was I learned how to can stuff. I I was I've been getting into the 1920s mentality of this thing of like, well, what would I do in the 1920s? I would go, well, I'd be getting ready for winter and I would try to figure out how to preserve my vegetables. So I learned to can this, this, 
this summer. That was one of my projects I I've worked on. And I did want to talk to you a little bit about the skateboard world though. Like uh, if, if we move to, let's say we take your idea, we moved to Montana, we double the skate parks there. Cause I feel like they're probably in the lead maybe in cement skate parks. Yeah. And we, and we build a Mount Rushmore of skaters. Who are the fucking heads that we're going to put in that mountain? Dude, Red Monk for sure, man. Like it stops there with me. Like you can get all with these other guys. Like I'll probably be like, dude, that dude, whoever's just got Channel Street back open. I don't even know his name. That guy's based. That dude stayed the course. Mm. Guys down there at Channel Street, man. And they did what? Seven years. They've been battling Los Angeles County. (laughs) That's pretty heavy. Yeah. You know, so so. For me, like my life Mount Rushmore guy is is Red Monk. Like those dudes in my personal life did more to change my perception of life on this planet than anyone with that whole Burnside thing. Okay. I mean, that like that's it. It's it's those dudes are the gnarliest, and that's why there's concrete everywhere, and we got it all back. Provoking the stoke. I think they just kind of go, they've, they're getting swept right now. You know, me and Jordan Richter do a show on, on Sundays. Oh, riding the stage next, dude. And, uh, Jordan's rad. Yeah, Jordan's the man, dude. And, and uh, another gift to YouTube is me, my friendship with Jordan, for sure. Uh. That's int- it's all so weird how it works now. But like, like, the, like it's weird to watch like the, the hijacking of the skateboarding culture via the Southern California Olympic movement. And, and to be like, wait a minute, like you guys are taking on the mantle of that as skateboarding. I go, I don't know. Cause the dudes that got you there were these dudes under a needle park under a bridge in Portland that re brought it all back together, dude. Cause I remember being, I, I did like a lot of people did that issue came out in Thrasher Felper for no doubt about it. The Felper goes on. on, on. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all changed a lot without the Felper gatekeeping it, man. Obviously you've never lived in this body, but I remember that issue of in Thrasher and seeing the Burnside and like, 93. I was like, I'm going to Portland, dude. And I went to Portland. I was like, oh, wow, this is rad. And I literally moved there. Like, I want to be part of this. And in 93, I got, I was, had to go back to Pennsylvania to meet my girlfriend. I took a Greyhound bus. I'm in, and this was like, everyone was heading to Portland. I remember in the bus station in Chicago, walking with my skateboard and Eric Dawkin came running up and he's Uh like, where are you coming from, dude? I go from Portland. He's like, I'm heading to Portland. What's go? How is it? What's going on there? And me and Eric Dawkin met at the at the thing. He was heading west. I was heading east. And he went and started the whole Southern Oregon like skate complex down there. And 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 it just was like the, like it's cool to have been part of it. Like to like see it in real time of like wow, that's what a couple dudes who said it's the buck stops with us, man, we're building it. We don't, we're going to not ask permission. We're going to do this thing and we're going to, we're going to handle the city. Mm-hmm. We're going to handle all of it, dude. And yeah. then those guys, dude, they're paving, they're paving their way across the planet. <laughs> it's so sick. 
Like Israel? Come on. <laughs> All of it. But yeah. just what they spawned like that. How about that crazy DIY in the basement of that place in like Germany or wherever, where those guys made that thing down underneath in the, the place and all the DIYs everywhere. Yeah. Like, like you used to be able to count them on your hand. No, now it's, yeah, we're doing like a DIY, uh, like a, a show on Thrasher. Good. And actually, and actually dude, you, you're going to fucking, you keep your eyes open for this one. It's coming. We're, we're working with red right now to like finalize it. Um, but we got like a documentary coming out that's on red and, and, and Hubbard and Burnside and all like a lot of it's, it's emotional, bring some Kleenex, but it is fucking radical. Dude. That's the thing. Those dudes, like, that's what I mean. It's like that with the in. So if I look at my own life, right. What I, what, how those two dudes changed my life with their actions under the burn cypher. That's why they, I have been down here battling the city of Malibu for 10 years to get a skate park down here. That's what got me. That's what turned, got me to, to, you know, moving to Portland's what got me into tree hugging and activism, which got me to Portland city hall, which got me plugged in to the thing, which got me to realize that, no, I don't need to wait for any, those dudes showed me, I don't need to wait for anybody. If you want mm-hmm. to get it done, you got to show up yourself and, and like, you know, start turning shovels. And, and, and like, they are like that, that what they did under that bridge just was the ripple that changed my life for all the, all the good of my life comes from really that moment under the bridge. Yeah. And I was like, this is it. I'm here. Like, what are we doing? And, and, and skating and, and being, being, seeing, seeing how it's done. And, and yeah, so those are, those are my, that, that Mark Scott, dude, I love that guy, dude, man. That guy is the raddest. So rad. Him and his family have opened up their whole life to us. Every time we come up, they're hospitable and just so cool. Well, they, they get it, man. It's, it's imagine, imagine what that, imagine what his perception must be on the backside to be like the dude before. And we're like, we're going to go do this. And now the dude who's turned it into this, like, I mean, he's probably a pretty humble guy, dude. Like, I don't even know if he has those thoughts. You know what? The one of the great things I learned, I was talking to someone about this the other day. So I was, my owl goes to the pump track, right? Where uh-huh. the BMO, we have a big one down here. Oh. And he is, he's six, right? Trying to figure it out. <laughs> he, was getting, he was getting sweated by one of the, the old guys. Like there's like this old guy who hangs out there, dude. He's not that good, but whatever. He's just like, he tries to be a gatekeeper guy. And, uh, kind of came up on him hard and he was like, Hey, you need to keep. And I go, you know what, man? I go, you're the dude, you're the old dude. You're the dude who can ride. You're supposed to, to be the last in line, dude. These little kids, they get to go first because I used to sit and watch Mark dude at, at the Burnside, And he, every that's back in the day when there would be everybody skating at once. And he would just sit there and let everybody go, dude, let everybody go. And then, then he would just wait. Like, like for this, his moment and go. And it was like, I used to watch that and be like, that's what the gnarliest dude at the park does. Let's everybody go. Cause he doesn't need to barge his line, dude. That dude's barging already, dude. And, and it's, it's just, it's the subtle things of watching another human 
in control of their space and be like, so that's what it looks like, dude. Like, mm. you know, and, and, and that's the, that's carried with me for a long time of just, you sit and you wait it out sometimes. Yeah. Kids are paying the little guys are paying the butt, dude, <laughs> but that's what it's all about. Yeah. And then they come in with uh, foreign objects like the scooters and different things. And, and it's all like hectic in there and nobody it's, I mean, people, I see it from both sides. I, I see people being like, dude, I'm going to die if I run into you because you don't look or know what you're doing. But yeah, same thing. When I went to Burnside, it was like he just sat there and waited. And then all of a sudden it's just a demo like every, nobody else wants to skate because like this guy's big and he's going faster than anybody's going. And if you collide with him, guess what? He's going to keep going and you're going to the hospital. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I you know, I, I remember having this trippy experience. I hadn't been up to the Burnside in a while. This just had been like 10 years ago or something. So I'd been living on the East Coast and I went back up and it'd been a while. And it was like back when the when the whole skate park thing kind of kicked in and they're getting built everywhere. And I remember going to the Burnside and it being like two dudes. And I, I remember being like feeling this like weird, like like it like the end of an era. Like like sadness of skating of the Burnside alone, because the thing I used to just remember was it was like this bonfire of energy. There was just be dudes ducking in and going and like just because there was that was it. Right. And then it like scattered to the wind. And I you go up there now and it's so the whole weird like you get to skate the whole place and people like wait. For, I'm like, dude, like everybody, let's go. Let's let's do this yeah. at once thing. Like because I. I I, I just sort of remember just like, oh, and I remember sitting up there going, oh, that was the an era. Like yeah. that whole, like we all skate at once and dudes are airing you. And <laughs> yeah, a lot of people allude to uh, skateboarding got softer. I mean, it's a, it's a very, it's a very sensitive world out there and everybody's, you know, nobody wants to say skateboarding got softer except for people. Oh, me and Richter, that's what our whole thing on the skate tricks is about. Like, uh. because, I think for both of us, we we didn't like the hijacking of the Olympics thing. I used that bad word. My thing for me was like when it all came down and everybody lives down in that whole zone and representing different countries. I'm like, you're telling me there's not you didn't have some kid come up from the ranks of of wherever to be an Olympiad. It's some it's someone who moved us to yeah, Escondido <laughs> produced everybody. It's yeah. like Encinitas to uh, Oceanside had team brazil team costa rica team usa like it was it was offensive to me and <laughs> that's a good point man i haven't heard that one no no like uh, like i couldn't participate in it in in that sense because like where would the where was you're telling me that that so olympics is is this thing right and there was no hill bombing are you out of your mind no international hill bombing contest when the, the hill bombing in this era right now is the the gnarliest thing going on in skateboarding. Forget about Elliot and the jump ramps and the whole thing. Dude, what those dudes are doing, especially up in San Francisco, dude, that, that hill bombing stuff is 100%. so gnar the gnarliest Milton Martinez what that dude's doing on a hill. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I, I, I watched those videos. I'm like, Oh my God, dude, that is gnarly in it through traffic and, God. And I'm like, and once again, what I was saying earlier is guess what? The first one to the bottom is the winner. You don't need a judge. 
I don't like the judging. I don't, I, uh-uh. I, I got friends that are judges and I love them. Like this is no like disrespect, but how high can you always sucks? Cause who wanted to hear that growing up, but who's the fastest? No one doesn't want to hear that. Who got to the bottom of the hill first? That's like some sick pride uh-huh. shit. You they know, and that would be rad. Like the luge, you know, like those ones in the winters, bobsleigh and the luge, those are exciting. They're fucking daredevils, and skateboarding could have that opportunity. Now, I don't like. I don't like giant, the street way it's set up at all. Now they missed a giant opportunity to like truly show what skating like is. Like that, dude. The tennis outfits. Come on, <laughs> is that is that real? What was up with that, dude? Like, it was an embarrassment. Like, I was truly embarrassed by it. So that's why it spawned me and Jordan to do our thing because it's become this weird jock activity. So how's this? So I was up, we have a little local skate park here. It's real small. It's got a little teeny ball. And so I noticed there's these five scooter kids that show up there. You know, the scooter shooters, the the scooter, ah, those dudes, right? But I, so I'm up there and they've been on my same thing. So they're the only kids up there certain nights. And I was, I was checking them out and they're gnarly dude, flipping and spinning their things around. Like, like whatever. And I, you know, I got my bias against it. Right. Uh-huh. And it's just watching them. And I was like, one of the kids like is deaf out where I'm talking, but come in. One of the, one of the kids is deaf. One of the dudes is like short with glasses. Looks like he's that dude from Daddy, full metal jacket. This, the set number is eight. Oh, six one. Nice work. Hey, Al, I got a question for you. What? Favorite book of all time? Um, Wings of Fire. Yes. <laughs> I love that he had an answer right away. Wings of Fire. There it is. That's straight. No, no thought. It, I, that's good. Good. But uh, so I was watching these the scooter kids, right? One of them's deaf. One of them's like this little like dude and they're all gnarly. Right. And, and I, and I'm looking at these dudes and I go, wait a minute. I know who these dudes are. They're who we were. They're the oddball outcast kids with that, that are, that are doing their own thing. They don't, they're all the misfits, right? All the, all the, the skater kids are all the fit ins. These five scooter kids like had their stickers on and they and they were not, I was like, I'm, I remember I was skating around and they were doing that thing where they spin their, their thing around. And I was, I couldn't see it. I was like watching them. I was like, I'm getting anywhere near that thing. Uh-huh. Be, right. And this one dude was doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I was, uh, I was watching this one kid do a flip from transition. I'm like, you know, I don't care what you're riding, dude. You're flipping something, dude. You're gnarly, dude. You're upside down, dude. Over, <laughs> But it was the deaf kid. Right. And oh. he got his like weird, like, like punker stickers on his thing. And I was like, I was like, that's how weird it's gotten. Like the, the scooter kids are now the rebel outcasts and the skater kids are the jockaramas, dude. Uh, you know what I mean? It was a weird juxtaposition. I mean, they're still scooter guys, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. Well, that's as, as a dad, right? Like I, the blessing of, of me being a dad at, at 45 versus 25. I don't right. Right. But, but, but having been through this thing with my child and my wife and my stepdaughter and, and being like, no, the, the, the most destructive email you can send is I'm out of here. 
I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to work at all. I'm not going to do the work. So my children are, are raised. It's very like, all right. So it's like this thing, right? The council culture and the whole thing. I'm like a super like lefty hippie kind of, I'm considered a right winger. I don't know how like people view me because I'm pretty like pro two a and pro like inform yourself and all this stuff. So now I'm the enemy, right? Like as a dude, like, that's what I mean. It's like when I was down interviewing the coach, yesterday and i'm like you're telling me people are celebrating this dude who came from the south put himself through college to become the dude who runs pe for your children you're celebrating his being dismissed from a school because he made a decision about his own body i was like that is the epitome of hatred dude or yeah it's and it's hypocrisy is like the main word that comes to mind when I think about all that stuff. I mean, we could go down a rabbit hole forever with this stuff. It's, it's really addicting to like kind of just trip on it. Um, But I did want to talk to you about two more things before we go. I I, I appreciate your time, but one, just one one thing before we finish, it's all about like to end on this note, it is all about love and love comes from you from your heart. And if you don't love yourself, you can't love anyone else. And I, I wanted to ask you about the, uh, the O-ringer stinger. I had never heard about that. That must've been an O-ring stretcher for sure. Where the butt cheeks spread apart or something. Yeah, I did. I, you know, it's funny. I was, I, it was came from, I was skating in Southern Oregon and I was going over one of the, I don't know, the pyramids or hips or whatever. And I just went down and just caught one butt cheek. And it was just, my O-ring was just <laughs> stretched, hurt. Owie, dude. You got a favorite Vonnegut book? Oh yeah, dude. Well, I, I would say, I would say the short stories is, is my favorite one, you know, it's the short stories, but I like God bless Mr. Rosewater. Hmm. Okay. I haven't read that one. Breakfast at Champions was my first. So that's my favorite. Yeah, man. You know, Vonnegut, dude, that dude nailed it all. Like the, I like this, the short story one, dude, you know, the one where they, they all got to wear the hoods and the weights and that's kind of like we're living now. It's sort of weird. Well, short stories is easy. I'm reading is not easy for me. So short stories is always a little easier, obviously. Like once I get like, Oh, this book's overwhelming. Like I've read for four hours and i've only read 11 pages yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, what, what do you like reading oh i love dude humor is very important so like tom robbins weird world and vonnegut like that stuff was really huge for me like coming out of high school and then uh lately i've been just super soaking up nonfiction. like i love like the fucking uh, Guns and Roses shit where Slash is just telling you about all the crazy shit they did. And I mean, that kind of sparked the uh, the interview with somebody. It's just like, dude, I know there's some crazier levels that we don't know about. Like, give me one or two really rad stories because people like that lived, you know, and you're just like, yeah. damn. So that stuff's been cool. I don't really get in too much to the war stuff. Um Nah, that's that's old hat. I was going to suggest that one of one of the great books I found fascinating was is Blood and Thunder by Hampton Sides. It's about Kit Carson. Okay, and you just you get and you you know the new the new nonfiction is is very 
very written in such a different way about historical stuff. Uh, and this is very vivid. And it's you follow Kit Carson around and he just it really does expand your mind into like a whole okay. what the moment was. When, I'll check it. Yeah, because I, I, I get way into the uh, the late 1800s. Oh, mama. Because there's something it's something something interesting happens there. And, I, and I've been trying to put my my fingers on because, you know, the westward expansion is still going on. And, uh. you know, the West Coast is generally, you know, another rad book, Astoria. Astoria. Astoria is about the dudes before Lewis and Clark. That, that that John Jacob Astor sends an expedition to where Astoria, Washington is, right? Is it Washington? Yeah, that's where they film Goonies. They send over the thing. And the thing okay. is, is they're racing to start a new country. So they're trying to beat the British over there because they're, the trappers oh, are all over there. And they man. and John Jacob Astor is going over to claim the whole Pacific Northwest and start his own country over there. Okay, and that—that's why it's called Astoria after John Jacob Astor. But it, you know, they the expedition gets lost, and and the Nez Pierce save half these guys. But you get this right before the the Oregon Trail and stuff. It's these guys go over, and it's just you're like, whoa, dude, that's a whole historical narrative that slips right past us. Like what was going on in the Pacific Northwest? I'll, I'll check that. That those are the two things for sure. I mean, adventure and humor, like. If you can have like some, you know, like if I'm watching a movie, it's a mist, like a, how did it happen? Those like who done it type vibe, like that's always cool. And if you're reading, it's like it has to keep me like wanting to like keep it going. You know what I mean? Like you can't put this thing down like fuck. Blood and thunders that way. That'll keep you going. You know yeah. what else I like is um, oh, what's that? Carl Hyacin. You check him out. No. Carl, it's Carl Heisen. He's pretty, he's pretty, he's pretty funny. He's like okay. funny and it's sort of offbeat Florida sort of, it's not detective, but it's right in that, but it's pretty funny and a little bit tongue in cheekish. It's pretty good. Do you okay. like humor? Carl Heisen? I'm, I'm about to try. I'm late to the party, but, um, the Jim Carrey book where it's like fiction, but is it like some of the stories are nonfiction, but, half the book's fiction so you don't know what really? stories are true or not i don't know i read a review about it, it seemed like it'd be really interesting because he took all of hollywood and made a story about these people that really exist but he called it a non or a fiction book so therefore he could fabricate but within that he told some truths but you don't know what the truths are so there's it's kind of like I don't know. I'm going to check it out to see. But uh, I read this thing that like the, the critic was like, this thing is really amazing. It's kind of like a new style of writing, basically. In interesting, because, yeah, it's it's technically taken an, uh, a good twist, especially if, if you're getting into some historical stuff, because it's written very vividly versus dry. Mm. I like this gal, Candace Millard. She she's uh, she writes some pretty good stuff. OK. But it's weird. I thought I'd have all the time in the world to read the last two years. I'm reading. Yeah, exactly. It got busier somehow. I'm like, I'm only indoors. Still busy. Well, I, you know, reading to me has always been a very it's like you with the uh, the, the the sports games, right? Like you go Meditative. into this place and it's very calm and you have to be sort of settled. It's been very unsettling. Yeah. Last two years. Like it hasn't been like, oh, I'm going to go just hang out. Like it's like, what's next? You know, what's going on? Like, whoa. 
Yeah. I love it, man. Well, let's end with your favorite uh, question, which is uh, your take on aliens. And uh, fucking, <laughs> I just gotta, I gotta know, like, are they out there? What's go? What, what do you, what are we thinking now? I, I used to be all about it. I don't think so anymore. Really? I think they're, I think it's internal. I think we're the aliens like on to ourselves. Huh. Like when I discovered like the self-talking mind and I was like, Oh, that's not me. The dude that does all the talking in my head isn't really me. Like the imposter, like I discovered this sober, like the, the being that was me was just, I, I was trapped inside of it and it looks like me. It thinks like me. It, it talks like me. It knows what I'm going to think. So it's a step ahead. But then if you can get the separation and you're like, Oh, the aliens, me, like my ego, my, all these things. And then you really kind of start tripping out on like, it's all a distraction, right? Everything's to get you out of here to not do the inner work and, and jump to the next level of what this could or could not be. But I feel like there's there's got to be some ego if we think there's not other life out there. I see. I don't know. I don't know if I believe in the 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 model that we've been given about this. I don't refer to us living on a planet or a flat Earth or anything. I, we live in a realm. I, I don't. The more and more I look into it, like I'm not sure that that works like anymore. You know uh. what I mean? Like the alien thing disappeared when I stopped when I started asking real questions about like who put the pyramids here and where do we live? And like the time, have you checked out the Antiquitech stuff? No. (laughs) Is that going to fucking blow my mind? Yeah, dude. It's about all the, it's about, it's not about the pyramids all around the planet. It's about all the old Greco Roman buildings that are all around the planet and the, and the, and the antique technology. Check out, go to John Levy's channel. John okay. Levy's a good starter thing because they're short little videos and he just gets into the pictures and the narrative associated around like San Francisco, dude. <laughs> <Or> the- <laughs> no, no. You go look at the, the, the census of San Francisco and how they had there's a picture of a wraparound of San Francisco, I believe, in 1870 or something. The streets are deserted. The whole thing's built up. And it's what, 30 years after they, the big gold rush. And oh, wow. No, when you start getting into the sense, it's all about the census numbers. Okay. How many people were here to build the, all these cities? And it just, once you get into that and the resources of where all the bricks came from, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. And, and there's this thing about the, the, the missing thousand years, and you can really get weird about it. But sweet. Well, dude. So- I'm super hyped, man. This has been cool. I, I always love uh, suggestions, you know, like learning some shit. If I can learn and laugh every day, I won. Well, that's that's, you know, what's so weird is like what like the one th- like I have a lot of people that, that, that the flat earth trollers. Right. And I'm not opposed to it. I have lots of questions. Like once I broke away from the globe, globe centric model, like I don't uh-huh. I don't. There, and for me, there's no skin in the game like to me about it. It's, it's all theory and thinking and expanding my mind. Right. But there's this weird thing of people trying to bludgeon me into thinking one way or the other where I'm like, no, I don't do that. Like, I want to think like I want to yeah. ask questions. So the more I get 
my new the thing that I'm at now is the more anything's been promoted through the uh, electromagnetic wavelengths, i.e. screens and, and music and sound waves and whatever, the more I'm like upside down world about it. Like, uh, I don't know anymore because it's right. all like we've lived a, what a year and a half of straight weird propaganda and lies and smoke and mirrors and, uh, and this and that. And I'm like, uh, so it's all the only thing I trust now is like books. Because you, it takes quite an effort to write a book. You know? Absolutely, yeah, it does. It takes quite an effort to read one. Too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, I take my, you know, and my wife reads them every night, and she can sit in any atmosphere. Like I think we're alike, where I need to go almost meditative style, like quiet. I'm in the zone. She's like, there could be world war around her and she's just turning pages. I'm like, how the fuck are you absorbing that? Right. Like I, I don't, I, I had yeah. to be like mellow. I, I, I'm a short attention span theater. Yeah. Well, what's a good fucking, if, if you went into a bar right now, you, you had one token, you get to play one song for the way out of here. We throw it on and we, uh, you know, peace out. It's a I'm, lot of pressure. I'm going so I'm going first song, Bob Marley Uprising, which is I forget what it is off the top of my head. First song on Bob Marley Uprising. Well, thanks, dude. You know, hit me up anytime. I'm awesome. I'm, no, no, I'm, awesome. And 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 dude, the, the love of you sending us stuff at our time of need was was beautiful. And if you got any tips for my YouTube and Fucking fire away at that too. Well, let's 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 talk on the the back channel, dude. You should come on me and Jordan skate tricks thing anytime. I'm it's I'm Sunday nights. I'm a one bedroom apartment, no yard. I'm just I'm, <laughs> I, I got it. I got it. All right, awesome. No, no, for sure. Thanks, man. I'm one of the big thing is about how this medium works. Is like it establishes through this weird connection, and we need to use it. So let's uh, let's talk on the back channel and and blow it up. Any anything to it, and I'll put it in my through my thing too. And, and hey, tell Chet that I'm super honored that he even like checks out my scene because I watch his journey, man. And he does art. I love his art, man. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, for it. sure. Okay. All right. Hell yeah, tell Jordan I said what's up and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay, awesome. Beautiful afternoon. All right, cheers.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmidty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.